Welcome to Prepare to Care, the AARP podcast with resources and tools to support the millions of family caregivers who provide unpaid care to their loved ones. I'm Marie Pierre, your host for this podcast. So it's never easy to love to lose a loved one. And, and if you're a planner like me, it sometimes helps to think about what you can do to prepare for the future. Um, who do you need to call? What do you do you need a will? Who do you call for a will? And on and on. So today we've invited Michael Galligan, an attorney at Galligan and Manning, to give us the very basics on estate planning and probate law. Michael will take us through the basic definitions and terms used in the world of estate planning and give us some tips for how to manage what can be a sad and difficult transition in the world of caregiving. Coming up on Prepare to Care. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Uh, This is the first time I've ever done anything like this, so uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Perfect, thank you. All right. First question, Mm -hmm. what in the world is probate law? (laughs) I've heard of this. I have no idea. I think there's like a probation officer. Yes, yes, get that a lot. Some terrible thing to me. (laughs) Tell us, what is this? So so probate law and and what I do is estate planning and probate. Probate is the side of the law where uh, somebody's died. And we have to make sure that their assets are divided in the, the appropriate way according to the laws of the state of Texas. Uh, and, and that can mean using wills, which is part of the estate planning side of thing. That can mean using trusts, which are a, a kind of fun tool that we've got as, as planners. Or it can be relying on the laws that Texas already has in place for what happens to your belongings when you actually pass away. Uh, so probate law is really walking clients through the difficult situation where a loved one has, has passed away. And whether that be through the courts or maybe some other practical means, uh, it, it can take a whole lot of uh, different shapes. Okay, let's start with a super scary thing. Okay. Somebody yes. dies and they don't have a will. Like, what happens? Like, is a judge appointed? Like, how does this work? Well, and you know, th- this is something that affects most people. Uh, I'd say most people don't have some sort of plan in place for what's supposed to happen to what what they own at, at, at the time they die. And, uh, you know, th- this is one of the things that I, I often tell clients, or I tell anybody, really, that, that I, I come in contact with, especially when they ask this question. Uh, there's a plan. It may not be your plan, but a plan does exist. Uh, and, and that plan is set out by the laws of the state of Texas. And there's very clear rules for what happens to your assets if you die without a will. And it depends on what you own, the types of property that you own, uh, who you're married to, who your kids are. And when when I say that, I mean that it it can be affected by there being a a second marriage or having uh, stepchildren, uh, any of those types of situations that we see more and more these days. You know, I I think the idea of the the quote-unquote traditional family where it's you know one one person married to another person they've got their own kids that's not always the norm we, we live in a society where we've got folks uh, on you know a second marriage that have, are bringing other kids uh, into into play uh, so th- there's really no reason why they, they shouldn't be under consideration and so what you end up with is a, <laughs> uh, a set of circumstances after somebody dies that can really create some weird uh, situations so for instance if uh, let's say I'm I 
uh, was married, uh, my, my wife passed away, and uh, I have a, a child. And uh, some years later, I end up remarrying, and uh, my new spouse also has a child. Uh, now, I owned my house before I, I got married. We moved into, into that house. If something happens to me, if I, if I pass away, then that house, that what we, and that's what we call separate property because I brought it into the marriage, that separate property wouldn't just pass to my surviving wife. Uh, it would actually be owned mostly by the two kids. And what? Yeah. Okay, that's crazy. <laughs> Even they were like eight and ten years old. Uh, exactly. What? 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 Oh no. Exactly. And and so that's an unnatural result. That's that's not something that we want to have happen. happen. And so with a little bit of foresight, with a little bit of planning, and that's where the estate planning comes in. You can avoid running into some of those situations that can either create conflict or just will not work at all. Because frankly, I don't want my. I, I have a seven-year-old. Right. Uh, he doesn't need to be <laughs> in charge of the house, right? And again, it's not so much that he's in charge right. of the house. My my spouse would still get to, to live there, so it's not quite as scary as it seems. The, the seven year old's not going to be evicting the uh, the the uh, current spouse, but uh, but when that seven year old turned eighteen or twenty one, right. they could, right? Well, and, and, or they well, might. It, they, they wouldn't be able to evict because the spouse again gets to, to, leave to, to the live house. there as, as long as as they survive, but. What if the house is sold? Right. If the house is sold, suddenly we've got a big chunk of change coming to these children. children. <laughs> and that, that's not a good A result. good situation. Okay. So I, I see this. And I'm guessing there are lots of, of possibilities mm -hmm. there depending on the various situations. Sure. And so the point is... If you don't pay attention to this, if A, you don't learn about what the possibility is, mm -hmm. and you don't plan for it, you could really end up in a pickle. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, knowing things going into this can, can uh, avoid any number of pitfalls uh, that, that, that can befall your family. Because ultimately, this is going to be something left on those who are still around. That's going to be left on, on those family members. So I'm guessing here we are, right? The solution is plan in advance and yes. get a will. Well, no? and, and you know what? Uh, and I'm, gl I'm glad that you mentioned that because a will is absolutely a tool that we use for estate planning. It, it is really the thing that people think about most when they, they're thinking about, oh my gosh, you know, I need to, to put my affairs in order. You hear that term a lot. Um, and so, so basically what a will is, it's just a written document. It's it, whether it be handwritten or typed out that says, uh, here's where my stuff is going to go, and here's who I want in charge of making sure that it gets there. Okay. And it's not effective. It's not actually given any kind of force. It doesn't do anything until A, the person who made it dies, and B, it's given validity by a court. And that's what we call probate. Probate, probate is taking a will. And uh, first, it, the, it gets filed with the, the clerk, and the, you have to prove that's a valid will that was validly executed, uh, which means that, again, it's handwritten or, handwritten, uh, or typed up, and uh, that the person who's named as the executor, the executor is the person named in the will uh, to, to tie up the loose ends, that they are a person who's appropriate to serve in that capacity. Uh, okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's back up here. Yeah. Okay. Somebody dies, right? Mom dies. Mm -hmm. 
I gotta find her wheel. Oh yes. Right? Yes. I do. I didn't even realize that. It's not like it's it's been filed permanently with a no. court somewhere. No. I gotta find the will. You gotta find the will. I gotta bring it to the courthouse. Uh, essentially, and, and again, I, I gotta get a hold of somebody who's gonna do that for right, me. Right, right. And and so generally speaking, one of the first things I would suggest, if you think you're named as an executor in a will, or if you know that you're named as an executor because you've got a, a copy of it, talk to a lawyer. And I'm not saying that just because. I'm a lawyer and I, and I, I want the business. It, it, this is an area of the law where it, it's something that touches everybody, but there are you know enough things that you may not know going in that you really do need the advice. If you talk to an attorney, the attorney will be somebody who can help you get that will filed the way it's supposed to be filed with. And again, it's the clerk's office, and that eventually got works it. its way. And you know, here we're in Harris County. We've got four courts here in Harris County where this is all that they do. Uh, the, the, the four probate courts. Um, so they're very used to seeing this this whole process. But your attorney can walk you through what you're going to have to do in that position. Now, so what I'm hearing is this is not like a do-it-yourself simple thing. It, it's really generally not. It's generally not. You're better off looking for someone who's yes. going to get you help. I, I, I would highly, highly recommend that. And in fact, even if you were to do it yourself, because the executor is what we call a fiduciary, they, they are putting the interests of the people in, named in the will as beneficiaries ahead of their own interests. Right. The court will insist that they be represented by an attorney if there are beneficiaries beyond just themselves. Got it. Because, again, th there needs to be some sort of um, assurance that... Like checks and balances, right? right? right somebody, right. so you have a, somebody who is the referee for all of that. Essentially, yes. Now... To that end, about whether or not there's a referee, there are really two different ways of going through this system. Let's take, for instance, you have a will. Uh, there's the default in Texas, which is called dependent administration. And I say that with kind of a scary voice and expression here, because uh, generally speaking, that's something that you may want to avoid because it's more time consuming and more expensive. This is where the judge really is the referee. This is where Got the it. judge is looking over the shoulder of the person who's tying up the loose ends and making sure that every little thing they do is exactly what they're supposed to do. The alternative to that is something called independent administration, where the executor has a little bit more free reign. They, they can make their own decisions about what's supposed to happen. They still have to follow the law and, and what a will says, if there's a will, uh, but they don't have to run everything past the judge. Got it. Which can, again, make things move a little bit more efficiently, more smoothly, less expensive. Uh, so most of the time we opt into that independent administration if we can. If you can. So it's like, um, whatever, brother X is, you know, in the family, is a trusted guy. <laughs> right, um, right. And the family says, all right, you're the executor, there's an attorney that's overlooking, but there's not a judge watching over your shoulder. Mm -hmm. Because it looks like the situation is basically going to be okay. Right, and, and now here's the thing. You get to opt into this if you do your own will. If, if you do your will, and again, I, I, when I say do your own will, I mean talk to, I, I highly advise talk talking to, to an attorney. It, there, there's, again, plenty of things that, that are out there that could end up being obstacles, but you get to decide that this is the path that people are going to take. Uh, so, so hang on. Let me ask for an indiscreet type of um question Ooh, this here yeah, right okay. yeah it's like you know I was I mean for a while I was like a single mom with two kids right okay. I had all the things to do then pay for an attorney mm -hmm. so 
Can you find like an attorney for every budget when you do a will? Or is it only for people who have the means to do so? Uh, it, it is not only for the people who have the means to do so. Um, you can generally find uh, people willing to do this at, at most price points. Now, that's not to say that it's always inexpensive. But And here's the other thing. There may be planning methods where you don't have to get a, a, you know, a hyper sophisticated crazy will with all sorts of bells and whistles. Uh, you can keep it pared down if you want to keep the plan simple and use, I think you may have talked to, to other people on this podcast about beneficiary designations yes. and, and deeds that pass property automatically to folks upon death. Uh, there are ways to simplify these wills and take advantage of all the cool things that we can do in Texas without having to shell out a whole bunch just to, to do something that you feel, you, you as a responsible person, you, you have to do. Okay, I'm going to ask one more question. Okay, I yes. think I know what the answer will be, right? Okay. okay, a lot of employers are like, hey, here it is. There's a benefit to you. I'm giving you, like, this service that's, like, will in a box, right? <laughs> you, you go to a website. Yeah. You plug in this information, and this website spits out, like, mm -hmm. a will. Mm -hmm. What do you think about those things? You know, um, I actually don't mind it so much. Okay. Uh, and I know that, that okay, that's, that's you're okay. surprising me. Yeah, now. I was, yeah. Okay. Um, now I, I think it depends on what it is you're looking for. Uh, generally, when, when I'm meeting with a client and when when I'm, you know, representing somebody, they're the the person that I'm representing. They're they're not paying for the paper that I put together. They're paying for kind of the the experience and the advice seeing what's happened in the past and being able to kind of guide them through that and say well this option may work a little bit better for you than this one got over it here. okay but if your situation is you know, radically simple again i would still prefer that you talk to a lawyer because your situation may not be as simple as you think it is i think there right. are a lot of assumptions out there about how simple things actually are but having something in place can be helpful so i'm never going to be one to say oh no absolutely don't never never under any circumstances do this i think you would be well served talking to uh somebody who knows what the landscape looks like uh but if if something is in place i'm i'm not going to to you know, say, oh no 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 that, that that's absolutely uh, inappropriate now on the other hand i've seen plenty of wills that you can pick up, I guess, at Office Depot or, uh, you know, some of the, the online uh, programs. And, you know, my concern is that it gives you the ability to do some things that you, you probably haven't gotten any advice on what, you, how that actually functions. You could be doing the wrong thing. You could be, you could be doing the wrong thing. And, 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 you know, one thing that I see a lot with these types of wills or trusts or whatever, whatever it is, um, it's that you don't get a whole lot of guidance about how to validly execute it. I see. And so, you know, we've got plenty of situations where somebody, you know, signs their will and leaves it at that. Well, unless that will was entirely in your handwriting, that's not going to be a valid will. You need two witnesses who are going to sign off on it as well. Uh, there's a, a tool that, that we use called the self-proving affidavit that allows for those two witnesses to sign off on a will and then not necessarily have to come down and testify in court to say, yes, we were actually there, all the circumstances were, were met to make this a, a valid will execution. You may not get that validly execute, or you, you, the, the mechanics of putting that all together may not really exist if you're, if you're trying to do it Got yourself. It. Okay. But, um, I, I really don't want to get in the way of people trying to do some, some planning because it is important. These are important things to, to think about. Okay. Uh, but, you know, 
I'm going to turn to you and say, eh, talk, to a, talk to a lawyer. Okay. You'll learn something. So I want to talk a little bit about something, about the family dynamics mm -hmm. that you find in your business. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the executor. Yes. How do you pick the executor? Oh, man, that, that's, that's a good question. And sometimes that's one of the hardest decisions that anybody who comes into our office has to make. Because the, the job of an executor, generally, is to gather up the assets that belong to the person who died, pay any debts that they have outstanding, and then distribute whatever is left over to the beneficiaries. Well, that generality hides a, a multitude of, of little, right. little things that can crop up because this executor, they could be in the position to make decisions about essentially, you know, how tangible personal property is divided up. And when I say tangible personal property, I'm talking about furniture. I'm talking about the knickknacks off of the shelf. I'm talking about the sentimental things that people think about when they're talking about dividing stuff up. There are lots of feelings going there, on into like these little things. Do you see that feelings. in your practice? Yes, yes. And, and you know, our firm, in the past, we've handled uh, litigation where people are fighting over these very things. And so often, what you have left to somebody, they, they can tie value to that. They, they say, well, this proves that they either, you know, this person loved me or maybe they didn't like me as much as they thought or the way that this person is managing things is a slight against me. So when you're doing this planning and, and you know, as, as an advisor, as, as somebody who's, who's working with clients, you have to balance all these things. You, you have to, to be aware of the family dynamics because ultimately the executor, like I said before, they're a fiduciary. So they have to put the interests of the beneficiaries that they're dealing with ahead of their own. So here's an interesting point that you're bringing is the love associated with what yes. we leave behind, right? Yes. When mom and dad are alive, we get all of their love. Mm -hmm. When they are dead, mm -hmm. there's a price value right. to, to and, whatever is left behind. And, and there's really not. But, <laughs> but, but no. But there that, isn't? But that's, but that's the feeling. That, that that's gets, the that, feeling, right? right? That, that's, that's the... That's the emotional reality for the people who are left Right, if, if, if child A is left mm -hmm. $20,000, but child B is left ten, right? does it mean that child A was loved twice as much? How do you deal with those things and, in a family? And, you know, and, and it, it's, it's really tough. And, and this is one of the, when we, when we meet with clients and we're talking about all this, um, sometimes you have to encourage a family member to, 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 give less weight to that because what they're trying to do is actually the right thing even though it may feel bad down the road. I see. Uh, but then other times you have to, to talk to them about what is, impact is this going to have. If you leave that child that $10 and the other one $10,000, what do you think the child who got the $10 is going to do? So you have those conversations yeah, with your clients? Ab absolutely. Now, but at the end of the day, you can't let the tail wag the dog. It's, right. It's not the kid's plan, it's the plan of the person who's coming in to meet with you. And what they want to do, the goals that they want to accomplish, you want to make sure that you are getting them to that point as painlessly and and, uh, and as practically as, as possible. And and so this kind of leads into one of the cool tools that we, we have at our disposal. You know, we've, we've been talking a lot about wills. Yeah. Uh, but more and more, uh, we, we've been using these things called trusts. And trusts, I think, have a not great reputation because it sounds like something just for the ultra-wealthy. 
but what they're capable of doing, really, all a trust is, is a box that you put stuff into and you've got special rules for what happens to the stuff in the box. And you can say who's in charge of the stuff in the box. And so it gives you a whole lot more flexibility to deal with odd situations. So, you know, one of the things that comes up a lot, uh, kids, or not, and again, not necessarily kids, but beneficiaries with maybe substance abuse issues, mm -hmm. or maybe uh, they're too young, or maybe there's, there's just an idea that they're going to need a little bit of help dealing with whatever they might receive. So instead of just giving them that stuff directly, you can say, all right, I'm going to have this chunk set aside for you. It's for that person's benefit. But there's somebody else who's in charge of making sure that it's it's managed Got wisely. It. So that so you get a hundred thousand dollars instead of getting all the money at once. You get put in the trust. We're giving you exactly ten grand a year. Exactly. So you don't spend it on something that maybe will not benefit. And you. the and the magic is you get to make your own rules about this. You get to set up. You know, maybe it's yeah they get ten thousand dollars a year, or maybe you say no, it's at the discretion of whoever is in charge of that chunk. Maybe they get to decide how much comes out based on what they're seeing, what the facts on the ground are. Uh, yeah, Michael, go. so here we are. We're, we're, it's about time to wrap up. I could oh, speak no. with you all day long on this. We're going to have to have you back, right? Okay. I mean, we Happily. have to have you. Happily. Um, okay. So if there were one piece of advice that you would want for our listeners today, what would that be? Oh, man, you put, put me on the spot. Um, the big one. The, what the, is that? The big one. You, you don't know the things that you don't know, so you have to look. You have to look at what is possible. You have to look at uh, what you own, and just make sure that things are, are set up in a way that's going to avoid conflict if, if that's your goal, or, or, or you know, make sure that, that everybody feels loved, or, but you, you have to take a look at it. You can't just put your head in the sand and say, oh, this is always going to be in the future because, frankly, it's not. You, we don't know. We don't know what the future holds. So the sooner you can take a look at these things, the sooner you can start asking yourselves the questions, you know, gee, what, what do I actually want? Who do I want to make sure that what I want is what happens? Um, that, I think, is, is the most important. And it is a first step. So it's, it's at least something that you can do. Start that conversation exactly. is what I'm hearing. Exactly. Yeah, start, start the conversation, whether it be with yourself or maybe with a spouse or with your, your family members. Uh, but ultimately, it's, it's your personal decision and something that you have to, to get off the blocks for. All right, you've heard it, guys. Start that conversation <laughs> with yourself or with family members. Michael, thank you so much for coming here today uh, and for sharing some great advice and knowledge on estate planning and probate law. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, if you'll have me back again, I look forward to it. Thank you. <laughs> As always, if you thought this podcast was helpful, or if you have friends or family who are new to caregiving, invite them to follow the Prepare to Care podcast at iTunes, SoundCloud, and at www.aarp.org slash HoustonPTC. Take our Prepare to Care podcast survey, help us improve future episodes, or find other caregiving planning and local resources to help you and your loved ones. Thanks for listening, and as always, thanks for caring.